Uh, do you want this water that I haven't drunk out of? Absolutely. Okay. My mouth's gonna get that dry. Yes. Thank you. Alrighty. Because the whole point is to be doing this over coffee generally. So we'll just do it over water. We'll do it over water. That's cool. It's better for you. That's what I hear. Although I think coffee is hydration is the key. Let me tell you that. for you. Uh, we're going to just go with that as what we call a, a dead, dry open uh, to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation. This time it's the Luke Bembridge edition. Bambo, mm -hmm. thank you for joining us. You are going water today. I'm actually. I just finished the coffee. Okay. I'm I might on get water. one after this. Are you? See, Maybe. I just said we could go over and go over to Starbucks. Yeah, but it's more of a. I, for a low-key environment. Starbucks is a bit more like, there's people coming and going, there's people watching. I want to focus on a conversation with you. Well, I mean, I listen, I, that Starbucks in particular, you've yeah. been there, right? I've been there. This one just down the street yeah. from the club here yeah. in Dust. It's a disaster. Yeah, it's not a good one. It isn't a good one. I felt like the, I went there the other day, I actually got you a coffee. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I felt like it, it was lukewarm. The was, coffee? Yeah, the coffee was lukewarm. That's shocking because the last two days I burnt my tongue. Really? Yes. Nah, I was really disappointed in mine. I got Americ Americano with uh, with peppermint. Yeah. And Ooh, that actually sounds pretty good. It's really good. Okay. It's really good. Um, and obviously no milk or anything like that. Yeah. So I like that. And um, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, when you can drink a coffee in a minute, you know it's you know it's not hot right enough. yes and it was pretty it, was, it, it went down too quickly uh, I'm getting really educated through doing these coffee casts mm -hmm. uh, what's so what's that's your drink of choice at this point or do you like rotate do you have a, a, a group of drinks um, I used to be probably two years ago it was it was always like a flat white yeah just because I feel like that's most simple yeah whatever and then it was a latte I never had like added anything into it and then I started to evolve into like latte with almond milk and try out that Jeez. stuff. Like you and I are going in the reverse yeah. direction here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, just because I started on like the the coffee that tastes least coffee-like, I guess. You're, like with flat white. becoming an American. Yeah? Yes. This is really yeah. disturbing. I know. It is. Um, but yeah, I started on the coffee that was least coffee-like. Yeah. But not as in like no iced stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not going frappuccinos. Yeah, sure. Uh, and no cream on top or anything like yeah. that. But yeah, like flat whites, lattes, cappuccinos. And then I started to go into, I've never I've never got to the point where it's like an espresso. Yeah. I feel like that's a, you need to be a real hardcore coffee lover to, to enjoy that. <laughs> um, but I, over over winter break, I was in I was in Idaho, my uh, at my girlfriend's family's house there. Congratulations! <laughs> I know, hit the jackpot. <laughs> and uh, we had this uh, almost this peppermint liqueur. Okay. I forgot what it's called with a, with a hot chocolate. Yeah, sure. And it and we we're up on the mountains. Yeah, this is very American. We we're up on the mountains. Oh, Lord. As I'd say, on on, on the uh, on the ski slope in this little like. Uh, cabin having this and it just it tasted so good yeah that I was like I love peppermint I'm yeah. gonna start trying it in my in my coffee yeah and it was it, it is genuinely really good you'll have to try it I, I, listen if you came to my house right now yeah which you declined an offer in champagne really I, I mean it was you constant you, you had the rights to the house at all times we're just, I'm just saying that to make you look okay um, so anyways I have an espresso maker, and okay. the only flavored syrup I have in my house is peppermint. Try it. 
I, I do. It's lovely. But I go lattes at home be- just because it's a little easier. It is. It is, and it, it isn't. What you can you can really enjoy a latte. I feel. Yes. You can really enjoy it. Yes. Whereas an americano with peppermint, it does the job. Yes. Wakes you up. Right. But it, the peppermint adds that little bit of taste. Sure. And that's what I like about it. Okay. Um, I am really concerned though that you're going additive after additive, whereas I'm like trying to. I, I I've gone straight to flat whites. Yeah, but you got milk. Milk's sure. just as bad. I'm not saying milk is good for you. Don't get yeah. me wrong. No, yeah. I mean, the way I see it, what's, what's a little bit of peppermint syrup going to do to you? Well, we don't really know. We, no one knows anything. No. Everyone's all got opinions and... <laughs> I, listen, I, and I'm also pretty convinced we're all going to die due, due to robots in about 10 or 15 years. Artificial intelligence. Very possible. It but terrifies you're, me. you're the one who works with, with electronics all day. Oh, I have no idea what any of these <laughs> buttons do. I swear to God. <laughs> I, that, that button turns it on yeah. and turns it off. Yeah. That's all I know how to do. Yeah. I have no idea what the cameras are doing. So you know internet. how to turn it on, turn it off. Yeah, just like... I, I wish I had that ability to turn <laughs> it on, turn it off. First off, let's talk about the fact that in the background here, it's it's in between the day and the night session on Thursday. Yeah. Unfortunately, you and Dennis Kula just, just lost a little while we ago. Did. I still appreciate the time here today. But they're playing what I used to call baby-making music while we're trying to do this podcast. They are. And there's absolutely no one listening to yeah. it. There's it's no just me and you. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's it's a little bit uncomfortable, isn't it? It's a not little bit. Really. It's a little bit cringeworthy, I think. It's not the best. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm I am a classic '70s R&B type of a guy. Like, yeah. you give me some Teddy Pendergrass, which is somebody you've never heard of, okay. right? Right. Some Al Green. I've some heard Mar- of him. Okay, some Marvin Gaye. I mean, I've, you're, obviously I've heard of him. Sure. See, that's where we're, I think this is where. What, we're what era was uh, Luther Vandross? Yeah, a little bit more towards the '80s. But yeah. yeah, you're you're I'm right a big there. fan of Luther. Are you? Yeah, Luther and Boyz II Men. Okay. I can I can I can mess with them. Um, so are you a, a guy who does like to do specific music before a match? No, not at all. I have no ritual apart from the fact that uh, I have to sit on the inside chair. Okay. Of so, for instance, no matter what side of the umpires yeah, umpire yeah. is, if I'm playing doubles, it's sit on the inside. Yeah. And when I play singles, I sit on the outside, like the outside of the bench or the chair or whatever. Okay. Um, why that is, I don't know. Sure. But what's you don't have to say who it is. No. What's the weirdest like superstition thing that you've seen on tour? And again, you do not have to say who it is. Um I mean, he doesn't do it now, but he did when he first started playing Futures. Well when he was playing Futures and he was successful at Futures. He would uh he, before every serve he'd touch the ground yeah. like bend down touch the ground and do a, a cross with his with his fingers as in like a, um, a soccer player would do running onto yeah. the pitch or um, I know uh, uh, someone would do when they score a goal or yeah, whatever sure. when something goes to them they'd do it like almost they'd pray every time every time before the serve um, are they having as much success now that they don't pray every point? They are successful. Uh, the person is successful, and they would also have a, a prayer book out on the um, on the chair next to them. Interesting. And they'd have the prayer book next to them, so he'd sit and read the prayer book. And it would be a prayer book because his friends would, you know, they'd say he's reading a prayer book. He's not reading tactics or anything like that. Yeah. It's a it's a prayer book. And then on returns, he would uh, 
if you between well before every serve so first second whatever he'd go and touch he'd go to this corner as in the receiving corner touch yeah. it then touch the middle the middle tee and then go to return so it was like it was a few real like quirky yeah. things uh, to the point where you'd watch just to be like, wow, this is this is amazing. Obsessive compulsive disorder yeah. that comes to mind, and I don't exactly. mean to mock it in that. But regard, he's good. But he's yeah. good. He's good. He's he's been one fifty. One fifty. I'm gonna write down a name. Yeah. Let's see if you remember, if you, if you got it. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. He didn't even have to finish it. No. And he's good. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then yeah. what also he used to do is on second serves, the 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 guy's a good forehand. He'd taunt you, so he'd he'd mm. stand quite far back and yeah, just yeah, like yeah. load around onto a forehand, like yeah. like he's preparing for a forehand, just to um, kind of intimidation. Yeah. But that guy is also one of the most competitive people. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So that that is well, that, that's the quirkiest thing that I've ever seen. And that last time I saw him do that was probably three years ago. I mean, you've seen him yeah. um, at the USTA um, challenges, challenges and he's done well at some of Very good. Absolutely. And he's not got quite, Mm-mm. he's not quite as quirky now, but he does have a few. Yeah. To, I mean, you knew who I was, yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that's the strangest person for me. It's, it's so interesting because I, I like, you're around the sport so much you see you are one of the guys who likes to just watch at times as well and yeah. you just you i think i kind of gloss over some of those things yeah i i would i would like to say i'm kind of one of those people that sees things yeah better than i actually execute them yeah <laughs> so i actually see game plans yeah better than i execute those game plans yeah and whether that's a limit to my ability to being able to do it or something else that I just I just feel like that I, I used to do it all the time when I was traveling with Liam yeah I always used to, we always mess around and I always say listen I remember him playing Jordan Thompson once yeah I said to him listen on big points just serve volleys back in if you can't get the ball out in the middle of the court okay and he did it and I always say now when he serves volley, when he serves wide and serves volley, that's the Jordan Thompson, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Just because I mean we've we've been friends for forever. Yeah. Um, but he he'll he'll deny that I told him that, but <laughs> I 100% did. <laughs> um, you've obviously made this decision to be what about 90% double specialist. Yeah. Um, how hard was that on your ego? great question hard it was hard and reason for it um, being so hard was I had good success when I was younger yeah and part of me was kind of still holding on to that Um, but then I feel like I'm quite a realistic person at the same time and when I'm watching I mean Nadal and Federer Australian Open last year thinking can I do this absolutely not yeah you know like that's that's the brutal reality you're looking at these players here and you you see these younger players coming up you got like Taylor Fritz who's two years younger than me and in the grand scheme of things I'm still young in the tennis world yeah right 
you got Tiafos winning challenges and doing all this and doing, you know, these players and not, it's, it's unfortunate because not to name names, but not many like commentators appreciate how good these players are. Yes. You know, how good, how they appreciate how good Taylor Fritz is or Tiafo. They, they're just, Mackie McDonald, they don't appreciate how good a ball he hit. Yeah. I was watching that McDonald and um, Dimitrov match. Yeah. It was like he just came out of the woodwork and it was like, he, yeah, he, he hadn't done, he hadn't, he'd, he'd, won NCAA, he'd won NCAA's <laughs> singles and doubles, he'd, you know. He was, he, I think in his freshman year, in the summer of his freshman year, Cincinnati. he qualified for Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, Never a, heard of him. he's a straight up, right. he's a baller, you know? <laughs> and just because like some people like Zverev, who is an exception. Yeah. He's just a brilliant tennis player. He's six, seven, six, five, moves well. His backhand is just world-class. I think his backhand's probably the best two-hander outside of Murray and Murray, Benoit Paire, maybe his <laughs> two-handers, unbelievable. And Djokovic, as far as two-handers, amazing. Um, so, and he's been working with, he's been around, someone like Zvera has been around uh, at least this level, at least challenger level, yes. and ATP level since he was 12 years old. Right. Because of his brother. Yeah, right. So, I remember I, I got told this 12-year-old was signed up on to hit with pros at these tournaments because <laughs> he was he was around yeah and he could hit yeah so they'd hit with him and it's it's no surprise I played when he was 15 years old yeah uh, maybe he was 14 14 or 15 I played in semis of a future yeah I was I was se <laughs> I was 17 he was 15 great semis of a future so even for me like semis of a future at 17 that's pretty good yeah right and I mean I got so tight. But <laughs> he doesn't hit a backhand that doesn't break the sideline. Yeah. He's, he's got an amazing backhand. And um, so everyone thinks because you're not a Zverev, because you're not a Kyrgios, because you're not a top 30 player playing ATPs all the time. And you, I remember last, uh, I think two years ago, Paolo Lorenzi was playing uh, Djokovic, fourth yeah. round of US Open. Yeah. He was 33 in the world. Right. He missed out on seeding by one, by one spot. Yeah. Make fourth round. He's like, oh, this challenger player. I mean, as as you know, in your job, that you you do your research. Yes. You know, like you've got to be able to do your research and and see what these guys are doing and what they've done and their path. Well, even here yeah. last night, I mean, there were people who were already talking about who Nishikori was going to play next. Yeah. When Matthias Bockinger, a former top one hundred guy yeah, who's exactly. battled injuries, right? Yeah, like yeah. He, And he was there. Definitely. He was right there. Um, but but back to you. Yeah, because uh, um, as, as I was saying, sorry. No, you're fine. You're like you get. It's um, good to get opinionated like that. Yeah, I was just saying. For me, it was for the ego thing. It was realizing that I wasn't going to get to that, that level. Yeah. And then, real. If I really wanted to put in all the hard work I could. Yeah. And I felt like I could have made two hundred top two hundred. Yeah. I felt like I could if I put in all the hard work I could. Yeah. But. Would I prefer to do that or genuinely, with all my belief, think I can make top 30 doubles? And, and the younger you realize it, I think the better. Yeah. Um, and because I've been, I didn't go to college, because I played pro straight out of juniors, I actually, I'm still young, but I've had still five years of playing yeah. futures and challenges or whatever. But I can still play in it and it just, when I do play, I play 
relaxed than I play when I won. And yeah. it, it just, I, I feel like I'm more difficult to play now than I was before. I mean, I truly made this decision uh, last summer. Yeah. Last summer, uh, I played a, I played a, a match in, in England and I was just like, I came off the court and I was like, <laughs> no, not for me, not again, you know? Couldn't do it to myself. And um, yet you still qualified in Kerry. Oh yeah, but I actually got lucky loser in Kerry. Okay. I got lucky loser in Kerry. But then there's right. but then there's matches where I'm just like, okay, I know I'm it's not like a tie. I'm just yeah. it's always gonna be a popcorn match. I play him when he's my year he's my age. I play yeah. him when we were fourteen years old. It's I'm always gonna turn up for that match. Yeah, and right. give it <laughs> and I the way I play I can make it difficult yeah. sometimes. Um, I think someone who someone who will think that I stopped way too soon is like is um, Sarkeesian because I played him twice last year and yeah. I just played lights out both times. <laughs> like I'm, I'm told I hit 15 aces in a set. Yeah, um, and I beat your boy Vukic as well. So so I, I can still pop in some results, but yeah. it's just it's just uh, for me. I'm now training when I practice. I'm practicing doubles. Yeah. And that for me is the aim, and I've, and I've given myself a time frame. And if I'm not in a certain ranking, then I've, I, I feel like I've got other qualities in my life where I can pursue them outside of yeah. professional tennis if I if I chose to. Yeah, um, I'm going to interrupt you there. Yeah. With with setting a a specific goal like that. Mm -hmm. Are you being forgiving of yourself in terms of, I'm gonna just make up yeah, numbers yeah, yeah, here, yeah. but if you were to say, I need to be 100 in the world by yeah. June, yeah. Do, you, do you give yourself latitude to say, okay, I'm, I'm at 110, I've played well, lost a couple of match tie breaks in finals that have kept me from that? I mean, do you, yeah, if you, do you have myself... a sense of, of how well you're playing and how it corresponds to the ranking? Because that's a, such a thing in doubles. Yeah, 100% is. Like, I felt like I just played really, really, I just played, played real well in that match. Um, for me, I, yes, I mean, yes and no. The time frame is more than, let's say, June. But, um, uh, at some point you've got to be whether you're making money or whatever it sure. may be like I want to get to a point where I'm starting to play the, all the slams that's, that's, yeah, right. that's the course. initial aim and um, that's the whole the, the Louis Kaye mentality is you get to 75 in the world and then you go from there yeah you know yeah, and you, but, you trained with him, obviously, yeah. through, through what, two weeks in Miami? Yeah, it was, t it was 10 days, and it was the first time I worked with him since I was 16. Okay. So I've been playing doubles. Well, I played a little bit with Lee. I played a lot with Liam before, yeah. um, and I had some success, finals of challenges, uh, won, won a couple challenges, and I wasn't doing any of the Louis stuff. Yeah. So that's what excited me and my number one goal for that camp was to go there with an open mind yeah. and not have any opinions on anything. Just let him just be, basically be a sponge and just yeah. try and absorb as much information. And the guy's a genius. The guy's a straight up genius. And he, he's so much so that he just simplifies everything yeah. to the point where you're like, well, why wasn't I doing that before? You know, like, how could I not sure. recognize this? Um, and that's why I think someone like Joe Salisbury, he's been doing work with him for two years, two and a, two and a bit years. Yeah. As as, pretty much as soon as he came out of college. Yeah. 
and um, so he so he's really bought into it because for him it's it's a no-brainer because he's not going to beat anyone from the back of the court whereas I feel like I'm kind of a, a mix yeah I, I feel like I can come in I do come in and volley well but then I can hit ground strokes right well as well yeah like I don't I'm not panicking in a cross-court rally with a singles guy right you know uh, don't want to get in too many of them, right, but sure. you know, I remember, I remember you commentated on my match against uh, me and O'Hare against Smichek and Sangren and Tiburon, and you were surprised that I was beating Sangren from the back, inside <laughs> out, to, to to back and cross. You were like, again, Bambridge wins a cross court rally, <laughs> but um, but no, like I don't, I, I'm not one to panic and try and rush to get into the net, but um, the Louis stuff helps so much. It's just all about essentially like physics mm. he can't hit the ball there yeah like he if he does that multiple times then way too good like you just shake yeah. hands and you say okay fine so it's all about covering your angles and and uh, more geometry and playing the odds it's, it's he basically plays doubles like you play poker see that's what i that's where i was gonna go with this yeah he plays doubles like you play poker so are you gonna take me up on the fact that you should start playing some poker. No, I've just uh, I've just developed backgammon there. <laughs> okay, I can appreciate that. But it, he, here's I travel with a backgammon board. Do you really? I, uh, I got one right here. I'm not going to play with you right no, now. No, I'm going to show you it there. Okay. This was a little this was a little Christmas present from my girlfriend. Nice. It's nice, huh? A little nice little travel one. Yeah. Nice little nice number. But um, I've seen Kozlov play some very competitive backgammon. I, the the one thing I always think about with poker is. If, even if you're a good poker player, and it's the same for, for especially for double specialists, mm. I think even more yeah. so, you're losing 90% of the tournaments you enter, yeah. if, if, even if you're a great poker player. Yeah. It's the same for you. You just had a match tie break where mm -hmm. essentially three minutes or less went bad. Yeah. You, got, you got the mini break back. Like, how do you reconcile that in your mind so that you're able to just say, okay, had a bad couple of moments, need to go on to the next one. For me, it was um, in that match in particular. Sometimes, well, I walk off the court thinking I'm at least as good, if not better than them. Okay. In my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, of course, they're going to have their opinions and, and, and whatever it may be, but um, that's what I feel. And sometimes so here last year I played with Seiku Bangora yeah or we played uh, Brian Baker and Nick Monroe and I walked off the court thinking wow they're so much better than me and that feeling of walking off the court thinking someone's a lot better than you is the worst feeling mm -hmm. when you walk off the court and you lose 11-9 or 10-8 it's gutting that you lose the the match but if you're playing better you're improving the things that you need to improve that you've got to think bigger picture because if we're going to play so many weeks and you can't afford to be negative yeah because if you make one negative decision you got not going to make that poach you're not going to hit that return as aggressive as you need to and um, and that's where like you see people going three first rounds in a row and the more than likely they're about they're going to lose the next match yeah. if they if they haven't got that mentality yeah um, I think Saratani this year Saratani's gone first round win challenger first round win challenger first round so, so he, I think he lost first round Bangkok, won Bangkok, yeah, right. Lost first round Australian Open, won Newport, and then lost first round here. So it's like he's just—he's right now he's in an unbelievable January, and he's lo and he lost two first rounds in January. Yeah. 
No? Or three first rounds in January. Where are you and how are you working towards finding a regular partner without, again, I know there's politics that go along with it. Um, But how how important do you think it is to your success to have that right now? Um, I think it's all about finding the right person to match game styles. Okay. So if you look at if you look at like, a, I, I, for instance, I, I think I think the best partnership there is right now in doubles is someone like a um, a Consonant Pierce. Consonant just has the ability to light it up at any given moment. You know, at the end of sets, you know he's gonna be mm-hmm. he's gonna be hot. And came through the UST the USTA Pro Circuit. Yeah, a few years ago, and had and would have been an extremely good singles player if not for injuries. I I believe. Um, and John Pierce, John Pierce is ever the solid, the solid return. Like yeah. it's good returns, very good serve, nothing like crazy special. Yeah. But he's good at everything, you know. So what complements you well? That's why I'm still trying to learn, and that's why, you know, I think everyone at these at this level is trying to still find a balance, balance of that, and find someone. Because at the same time, I think doubles, I think it, um, the partnership is dead as soon as someone believes they're better than the other person. Interesting. I think that, uh, the only team that have stuck throughout is, well, really the Bryan brothers. Yeah. Because they're brothers. Right. You know? Right. They're brothers. Before anything, they're brothers. And you see a lot of people switching because they feel like they're better than the other person. Yeah. And it may not be... Some of it may be off-court stuff. Um, like I, 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 my, my, I recently went through a split with Dave O'Hare. Yeah. And it was on my, I, I just, I just chose to split. And for me, it was, it was about our mentalities on the court. It wasn't that it was about his level that I didn't believe that he could be good or yeah. anything like that. And I'm first and foremost, I'm very good friends with Dave, so I still am. So um, it was he. He's just really laid back, low key, as you as you know. Yeah. He's super laid back. Whereas I want to get like a little bit pumped and yeah. and be calm, but just still like have something about you because I feel like at a big time you have to be ready. Yeah, anything can happen. And I felt like sometimes he necessarily wasn't ready for that. Um, and we actually had a couple struggles when people were when we played singles players that were semi kind of like tanking. Yeah. And um, but he, we just couldn't put them away, and that I felt like I was because he was just too nice, mm. you know. Like, um, and I, I know it's hard to be too nice, yeah, because I mean, he's the nice, honestly, the nicest guy in the world, isn't yes, he? Yes, you know, and no one has a bad word to say about him ever, right. and that's before tennis ability or anything like that. That's kind of what you want to be, yeah, right. Um, and that's what I believe he wants to be. He just he wants to be a really nice guy, and he genuinely is. Yeah. But he won't sacrifice being a little bit less nice to be a little bit better. Now. No. It might change. Maybe. That's might, the thing. Maybe I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting when you kind of get put your back to a wall too. Like yeah. all of a sudden you realize hey, if I want to if I want to make it here. Yeah. I gotta be. Yeah. I gotta be a dick. Yeah. Whereas yeah, I mean, in in so many words, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that and that really is the difference between him and Joe. 
Joe's Joe's a nice Joe is a Joe, dick. Joe's a nice dude, but he <laughs> he can be he can be a dick, and 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 it's true. And and all of them, Saratani, he can yeah. be a dick. You know, every every doubles player, yeah, every good doubles player <laughs> can be a dick. It's the truth. I mean, just if you don't want, I mean, if you want any entertainment, yeah, just switch these off, switch this uh, like electrical stuff off, and just go and see a sign in double sheet. Oh yeah, no, I've seen, I've been there. I've been there. It's it's comical. Yeah, it's comical. People bring their own pens. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. But th- this is what it's taken for me. Like, I'm not like that. Yeah. You know, like I can be a, I can be a dick on court, but I don't want to. I mean, this is people's like livelihood and people's. Uh, yeah, people are paying money to come to these tournaments, and they're getting screwed over at the last minute. Like, yes. Yeah. It's so tough, and, and people just have no remorse. Yeah, genuinely, and that and that's what's difficult. And and yeah, I mean, I, very similar in a similar way to Dave. Like, I don't want to stop being myself yeah, whilst sure. I'm doing this. Sure. And that and uh, and if you see any, if you ever see me not being myself, you tell me that. I will. You know, I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're almost at the end of the podcast. We're about to hit 30 minutes here. Um, right now on court in front of us, another double specialist, Hans Hotch Verdugo. Yeah. He's getting the task of warming up Kei Nishikori right now yeah. uh, to the sound of Tears for Fears. Well, Nishikori um, plays a lefty, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He plays Dominic Kupfer in just yeah. a little bit. But um, <laughs> what's it been like here for you over the last few days uh, watching this circus that is Kay in town? Well, it's not just Kay in town. It's the, it's the Nishikori Page show. Yeah, sure. You know, they just do, they do everything to accommodate for those guys, and you know, it's 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 hard for us to kind of like semi accept, but by the same token, it's Nishikori and Page. You have yeah. to kind of like people are paying money to come and see those guys play. Okay. Realistically. So, if you're bre- being brutally honest, what's been the difference that you've noticed in terms of? Scheduling, yeah. they're both they're both night matches, yeah. Uh, pretty much all the time, uh, and I, I think Pays will play night match almost every time. Yeah, and 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 he's played U.S. tournaments before, and he's it's exactly the same. Yeah, and but he's good with um, fans and sponsors and taking pictures, signing right. autographs, going to the hospital thing, the visit yeah. a couple of days ago. So he's so good with the off court becoming making a kind of a legacy for himself and um, he does have that legend status that's, yeah. that's for sure uh, I've never actually I've never actually played against him but um, but that was that was Joe's point in in uh, when he bailed on me he was he wanted to play with him because he's a legend yeah right and I part of me understands it yeah but sure then it's also like as that kind of thing that we're talking about yeah dick move yeah <laughs> and uh and it's, it, it, you gotta, you have to kind of understand it, but being new to it, because I am still new to it, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not easy. All right. So as we wrap up, I, I typically just say, all right, you've got two minutes. Okay. You've got three minutes. Okay. What does Luke Bambridge want to talk about? What, what do you think people should know about you? What's the, what's a topic that's in your head right now? I want to talk a little bit about uh, a couple things. Okay. Go ahead. We'll start off with the uh, with a with the with the Sangren mm. Sangren story. Uh, the only thing I'll say about it is what 
two weeks he had and the struggle he's put in we a lot of the time week in week out over the last well since his injury really yeah right was it was it, it was here surgery? it was his it? last match was here was and it? yeah and then he had a hip injury he lost to one of the pros John, here john anderson john anderson yeah so he had yeah he, he was out for a little while and i was kind of like still playing futures when he was coming back yeah and uh, i remember us playing we had a couple practice sessions together a few practice sets and i was thinking jesus this guy's too good to be yeah. this level you know but he was mentally so bad yeah so bad that he made it harder on himself but what he did was he told me it was in the the heat of illinois yeah as you full, yeah. fully know yeah those futures those 25ks and he said to me you just got to know when to, when to tank the right points that's what he said to me he said you just got to know when to not try and when to really dig in and he said, what I'd do is I'd try and dig in the first game of each set, like the first returning game. Mm. And if I didn't break, I'd tank the next three and then just like try it for all. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And he went, and he went, he went win, win, final. Yeah, and, right, right. You know, like he did ridiculously well. And then all of a sudden he was back playing challenges. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> how, is that, told me that. how is that mentality doing? Well? I remember yeah. the time. And it was, it was kind of like this, the, was it the start? No, he was like halfway with his long hair. Yeah. You know, it was the, not the start, but it right. was like, you know. And um, yeah, that was that was my kind of like one of my first experience, like proper like interactions with him. Yeah. He was telling me that. I was like, wow. Um, whereas I saw him obviously last year on the, on the USTA Pro Circuit and he was he'd hired the new coach mm -hmm. who's I don't, know, I don't know how long he's been with him but yeah mid, uh, last April yeah. was when I first and started in, seeing in, Jim on the clay mm -hmm. yeah yep. and he just had a difference in he was still he could still go crazy but he was just like he was there every point yeah you know and, and he started to win so much more and really the only person he's really struggled with at challenger level is Nori because Norris yeah. just as happy with the ball in court as he is. Yeah. And then he, I think the first couple of times they played, he panicked. Yeah. In those two in Tiburon, Tiburon and yeah. wherever uh, Stockton. Stockton. He, he panicked with the ball in the court. Yeah. Um, oh, Kerry first. Kerry, and they yeah. played to the loads. Yeah. Um, but just panicked a little bit. Um, but with regards to his off-court stuff, I personally don't, I don't see him as a, as a racist or, um, so much as sexist or what, what, whatever he's being accused of um, the tweets don't look good but I've spoken to him personally uh, since the incident since the incident came out on social media and he's obviously as, as you have he's obviously extremely hurt by the but everything's going on and that he's been taken away from all his hard work and and his he beat two guys in the top 10 you know, you beat a Grand Slam champion at, at a major and it's over five sets. It's, it's no mean feat, you know, it's, it's tough to do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like some people still need to just remember that. You know, aside from everything else that's going on, he's a human being, but he's an athlete and that's what he's, that's what he's just done. And at the end of the day, if he hadn't done that, no one would even... If he'd lost first round, mm. no one would even be looking at his tweets from 2012. Um, I think he's a. I think he's a good guy. I think he's quirky. He's a good guy and works hard. And and I genuinely wish him the best. 
and uh, that's that's what I'll that's the first thing I'll live on. So good luck to tennis, and then next thing will be Davis Cup. Okay, all right. So couple, your, your boy, a couple of my very good friends are playing <laughs> playing in Davis Cup. Uh, I've spent so much time with those boys. Yeah, like between them all. Yeah, from Kyle from over. Yeah, fourteen. Whatever. I'm so happy for Ketters. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous how how well he's done. To to Liam being with him is coming across Liam first when we were like eight years old. Yeah, right. You know, his sister is a year younger than my sister. My sister used to play, so our families used to stay together for national wow. like the national championships. Yeah, um, and we used to kind of like have like it was like semi-vacation because he has a younger brother as well who didn't play yeah right so and he's a year younger than so Liam's a year older than me and I'm a, he's a, his brother's a year younger than me okay um, so he sorry I didn't know if I got that right Liam's a year older than me and his brother's a year younger than me yeah so we were all very close and we just used to mess around and stuff and, and have a good time barbecues on the beach and, and stuff like that uh, I know that doesn't sound very English, but in, in, in the summers, you know, that, that's genuinely how we how we grew up. Like that's my first initial memories of Liam Brody. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, and, and whether, however, how much we contact each other, he's more than a friend. He's just like a, a brother, you know, like yep. ahead of almost anyone. Like, I want him to to do the best just yeah. because he's. I've known him for so right. long, and he's gone through so many ups and downs, struggles with his with his dad, whether it was uh, with coaches, um, coming and going from coaches, changes of technique, injuries, and hair. Oh, let's not let's not talk about his hair just yet. That's a whole other. That's a thirty minute podcast right there. <laughs> um, oh my god, I can't stop thinking about his hair now. <laughs> Did you see the bleach blonde? <laughs> I mean, platinum I, blonde. I had I had a talk with him on a podcast in in Melbourne. It's just like what? No, what's happened? Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I actually didn't see it. It was it was announced just before I went on who was playing. I th- I assume Cam and Cam and Liam. Okay. Liam's first. Liam's up first. So Kyle's not playing. Kyle's not playing. He's potentially could play on the. Okay. Because of the new rules, he yeah. can he can play on yeah. Sunday in a in a yeah. actual meaningful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. So they're both playing. That's yeah. amazing for both of them. Uh, and then Cam, we when he changed nationality when he was 17, we played our whole last year juniors together, and then uh, he stayed for another nine months at the NTC because he's a. He's a late-born, mm-hmm. um, like my year, so he went to college a right. year later. Yep. And um, then, of course, he went to college. And then I was playing like March 2016. I was playing pro tournament in, like a, a futures in Calabasas. Okay. Yeah. And there was a week gap after it, like before other tournaments or something. So I went to Fort Worth. Yeah. For the first time, because he was there essentially. Yes. And I was just thinking, maybe hit a couple times in the week, but have a few nights out. Yeah, know, right. Have, have sure. a good time. Yeah. Switch off for a bit, because I just played a few tournaments in a row. And uh, go there, and I'm practicing the first one of the, one of the days. And uh, the coaches say to me, listen, just come whenever you want. Yeah. And ever since then, I've pretty much just yeah. kind of trained out of there. Yeah. A couple, like, two great coaches um, and a great 
place to be around. Obviously, I have my girlfriend there now, so that kind of helps out. Um, but I just, I just want them to just, just do the best they can. Yeah, sure. You know, just no one's, no one's expecting to go and win. Realistically, yeah. Beating Spain in Spain, that'll be just a huge win. Sure. But just go on and just play free. Yeah. You know, have right. have fun. That's what I always say to to if people before I say like going on court I just say just have fun it's why you start the sport yeah you know you didn't play initial, initially start playing the sport to be a professional tennis player right you start just for fun and you suddenly you got good at it um, so that's that's what my message to those boys is just go out and have some fun and just just enjoy the moment because yeah. it's both their first Davis Cup ties well David uh, Cam's I think has been in the They've both been in the squad before, yeah, but right, never in but the not, actual right. team playing. Right. Um, so go out and have a ton of fun. They've both worked incredibly hard to, to get to that position. Is it realistic for you that you want to be there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think that's, personally, I think that spot after Jamie is up for grabs between a few people. Obviously, Dom's leading yeah, right, it massively right. now. Um, and then there's Neil Skupski. Yeah. Who is very good? Yes. I don't know how long he. I don't know how long Ken's playing for. Joe. Yeah. And then there's me. So there's obviously a few people, but what I also offer is this new rule is not necessarily good for it, but I could still play a singles. Mm-hmm. Worst case, you yeah. Know? Right. Like I could just execute a little bit and just maybe just <laughs> not get tight and just hit some serves and. I don't know. I, I think I, I could be. I'd be the best singles player out of all those players mm. I've just named. Okay. So that's something else that I can that I can necessarily offer to the team. So I, I think, you know, I'd love to be there yeah. in 2019 or whenever whenever it may be. Uh, wouldn't necessarily like to be there on Spain in clay though. <laughs> that wouldn't be that wouldn't be enjoyable for me. Luke, uh, it's been an enlightening chat. I appreciate it. You're. Uh, to your training but you're, you're going back to Fort Worth yeah I'm going home yeah. in, in, in inverted commas just, and then yeah. and then what uh, San Francisco okay and then there's a decision to be made regarding the schedule after that I'm not okay. sure partner yeah I don't, I don't know um, possibly looking at a, f- a few people maybe Johnny Amara hmm. who's okay. a British guy he's yeah. about 160 and he's my age I grew up I mean I've known him for years is he well. ever going to come over to the states he will if I'm playing with him seriously because he's never come nah you'd enjoy him yeah that's you'd what I hear you'd enjoy him a lot multiple he's... people have actually told me that yeah you'd really enjoy him okay uh, if, if you get a chance look at his podcasts okay you know it's it, he's, he's named them him and, his, him and his partner before him and Scott uh, um, Johnny's in charge of like, editing them and doing them yeah. and he's the kind of the, the main kind of humor around it it's called like um turnips and turkey sure just humorous things and they do like a little kind of like a minute interview in them they're like 12 minutes long each one i think they've got three or four um and they've got like interviews with like dustin brown and wow. tommy robredo and yeah. stuff like that they're, they're good they're good um so you you'll really enjoy his humor okay uh so if i'm playing with him i'll get him over here for please sure. do 100 probably on those clay ones okay you'll be there yeah i will I know as you far will. as I know. I know you will. <laughs> I booked my Airbnb, so I better be. You already booked it? Yeah. In advance? Of course. It's an Airbnb as opposed to a hotel, right? Yeah. So I want to make sure I get a good Airbnb for a good price. Yeah. True. I, I mean, I told you about my Airbnb experience in Sarasota last year, right? Yeah, go on. Hardcore sex toys. 
Oh yes, and they, yeah, two days before the TFO sex sounds yeah, incident, yeah. Get, go get in. There's garbage all over the floor, and a bag of like, I'm talking. Sorry, people. Ball gag, handcuffs, a wow. whip. Wow. Other things. Did you use any of it? Oh, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Just took them all home. Yeah. <laughs> Dipped them in bleach. You paid for it. Yeah. Right. I might as well take exactly. it. Exactly. Luke, thank you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.